morning, everybody. Good morning. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kennock with Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today is Thursday, May 28, 2020. So time is moving on, right? I like to date stamp these shows for posterity. So 10 years from now, when we are looking back, we have some sort of historical record to go back to. It struck me a few years ago when I first began podcasting on Blog Talk Radio. I used to do it after work on a Wednesday evening. Wasn't that something? So I would rush home on a Wednesday evening and get myself ready for 6 o'clock, prime time. And it occurred to me that I should uh, timestamp them. Well, what do you know? As as, as, As God would have it. A few years later, I was Googling myself to see, because, you know, people do and say strange things about you. It might have been about five years ago. And I came across some shows that I had done prior to on Block Talk Radio. And I clicked on it just to hear, you know, what I was thinking at the time and stuff. And sure enough, when I did, <laughs> I heard the date and I was like, whoa, so this is what I was thinking 10 years ago. So it's interesting. So today is Thursday, May 28th, and we woke up to news this morning from Minneapolis that there was protests, there were protests overnight, and that people, yeah, they didn't social distance, but in light of the situation, you're not, you're not expecting anything to happen outside of that. But what disturbed me more than anything else is the fact that people like, people are feeling some type of way. It was just a few weeks ago that Ahmad Arbery's case came to light. It didn't happen a month ago. It happened in February, but the information was suppressed, and we didn't know about it until they felt that we could deal with it. They waited until we were all under lockdown and people couldn't protest because they knew people would protest if people found out about it, so they locked it down right, thinking that they could preserve the life of those two men who violently killed Ahmad Aubrey while he was jogging. Well, we're still in the midst of dealing with that, and here comes, here comes George Floyd, a man who was just going about his business. I learned that he had attended Texas A&M University, so he wasn't uneducated. As, as, as Christian Cooper said, As somebody commented on Christian Cooper's post, Christian Cooper is the man, the black man, who was called the police on in Central Park by the white woman, who was confident that if she called the police, the police would show up and defend her against the black man. All she needed to do was say, a black man was threatening me, and the police would show up and defend her. And she was pretty sure that was going to happen, so she called the police. Well, someone said yesterday that, you know what, we're a little tired of this. We're tired of always having to defend ourselves. Somebody said that Christian Cooper is Harvard-educated and is a writer for the Marvel movies, right? Okay, so this is not, white people used to say that racism and police violence were among, about, uh, was about uh, income inequality, right? And the fact that black people are poor and because they're poor, they're always fighting and having violence. Well, Christian Cooper, and then you look at uh, George Floyd, they said couldn't get a job in Houston, where he's originally from. So he moved to Minnesota uh, and moved to Minneapolis and got a job. And the job he got was as a security guard, somebody who attended college. 
this is what black people have to go through. You have a college degree and you still can't get a job. More often than not, this is why you find so many entrepreneurs who are black because we can't, we can't, we can't, uh, we can't, we can't get, uh, we can't get jobs. We we are not afforded the same luxuries or afforded the, even the same. For want of a better, I wouldn't say I shouldn't say luxuries, but we are not afforded the same opportunities as 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 others are simply because they're white. And this cannot continue. You know, Snoop Dogg said it best. He said, enough with the marching and the protesting. The time for that is done. Obviously, there has to be some sort of measure. But when you look at the political landscape, you begin to realize that nobody is going to legislate the police. Nobody is going to touch the police because the police is a huge voting block. As a matter of fact, Officer Derek Chauvin was recently photographed with the man who is president of the United States right now. He was on stage at a rally recently in Minnesota for President Trump. There is no way that anybody is going to legislate the police. I would be very surprised five months from the election that President Trump is going to come out and say anything against this this cop. I would be very surprised. I'm pretty sure he's going to say, if he says anything, that the cop was lawful in what he did. That as far as he could see, the man was suppressing a criminal. I am pretty sure. And all that is going to do is incense people because for all intents and purposes, it's still not proven that George Floyd was committing a crime. Was he for forgery? Are you going to put him down on the ground without giving him due process? Meanwhile, the pictures show, good morning, the pictures show that when Dylan, the guy who shot up the church, when, he, when the police showed up, they, he wasn't thrown on the ground. I think they even gave him Burger King. Same thing in Parkland, Florida. When the police showed up for the young kid who had killed 17 children, he wasn't thrown on the ground. He wasn't beaten. He wasn't kicked. He didn't end up saying, I can't breathe. He was given the benefit of the doubt and given due process. That totally, That idiot is sitting in a prison cell. Meanwhile, their parents on Twitter who are talking about just this morning, they went to visit their parent, their children's graves. Do you see what I'm saying? We have to live with the residue and the post-traumatic issues emanating from seeing our brothers, our nephews, our boyfriends, our husbands, our sons, our cousins, and our friends being constantly beaten as if their lives do not matter. Time out for that stuff. And the thing about it is they have fired the police officers. You know what that is. That's a protectionist move. If they're fired, there can't be an investigation. You realize that because they no longer work there. That's effectively what that does. The, poli- the prosecutor is not going to bring charges against them because the prosecutor is going to say that they were doing their duty because nobody messes with the police. Because the prosecutors know they have a relationship with these police officers, are guaranteed. I did, I read, go read the USA Today's report. There's an extended report on Officer Derek Chauvin, an extended report on him. He has had many interactions with the prosecutor's office. He has been, in fact, in, in fact, in 2006, it is alleged that he shot somebody named Wayne Reyes. Nothing happened. He has not been disciplined except a, a warning, a written reprimand. That's it. It, seriously? That's it. On top of that, just recently he was written up.
for something else. And the other officer, Officer Tao, Tao, do you remember him? You don't. You guys don't remember him from 2017 when he did that deadly force thing on somebody else. You all remember that guy, the Asian-looking police officer. Him. He was just standing there watching as as Officer Chauvin held his knee on that man's neck for 4.5 minutes, effectively cutting off his oxygen supply. And the prosecutor, today is Thursday, and the prosecutor still has not said anything. Now, according to the police department in, in, in Minneapolis, according to them, they have asked the FBI to investigate. What's there to investigate? You fired him. It's going to be justifiable homicide. But the people are not going to stand for this because enough is enough. Enough is enough. It's time out for marching. It's time out for protesting. I'm going to suggest to you all, don't even talk about it. You notice yesterday the Detroit mayor issued a statement. And by the way, just for those of us, those of you who do not know, the mayor of Detroit is a white man. And he said this. He said, I watched the video and it is going to be very difficult to convince anybody that that was not excessive force. He also said that the chief of police for Detroit said, when you have police officers who do not come from the community, you are going to have problems, which means this is why that we don't have these issues in Detroit. The police officers look like the community in Detroit. So they don't go around beating up people and so who they look for are criminals. They know who the criminals are, they get the criminals out of the way but they don't go looking for innocent citizens and beating people up. This is why you don't hear about that excessive force and police brutality issues in Detroit, where, which has the, one of the highest crime rates in the, state of, in the state of Michigan and in the country. But yet, wherever, and this is what I do not understand you all, why do mayors and police chiefs continually do this to communities of color? Why do they continue to put officers who have racist agendas, you all know it's the truth. Because when they sit in the locker room and when they sit for roll call in the mornings, they all espouse their theories of humanity. And they say what they want to say, they do what they want to do, and you still keep them on the force knowing that they're going to do this. So you must like paying out money. George Floyd is dead, but that doesn't mean the issue has died with him. I guarantee you this issue is not going to go away. This issue is going to hang around for a while because there's going to be another George, George Floyd somewhere else. It might be in Memphis. It might be in L.A. It might be in Compton. It might be in Flint. It might be in Baltimore. It might be in Philly. It might be in Pittsburgh. But there's going to be another George Floyd. God forbid it happens again in Georgia. This has got to stop. And no matter how we try to plead, no matter how we march, no matter how we peacefully execute, it is not working. It's almost as if they're saying your lives really don't matter. Well, we're about to find out whose lives really matter because this is ridiculous. And the, the political spectrum, you notice politicians are not saying anything. Have you noticed that the people who are saying anything are civil people like myself? The politicians are not saying anything because why? Vote. November is an election year across the board. It's not just the presidential election. There are other seats that are up on the chopping block. And these people, these police officers have their own agenda and they will not support a candidate. They will organize against a candidate if they feel their brother in blue has been wronged. 
No matter that he kills someone, they don't care. This fight is something they think they're defending on behalf of their dead fathers and grandfathers. That's really what it comes down to. It's ridiculous. They still think you, they blame people in 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 Arab countries and other countries for carrying on generational territorial wars, but they're doing it right here. It's the same thing. This is not about Officer Derek Chauvin defending himself because he felt that he was under attack or he was about to be attacked. No, this is about Officer Chauvin feeling that he has a right to defend and finish the work that his fathers and grandfathers did not do. Now, Officer Tao, I don't know what his issue is. He must just be a violent person. He must just be someone who just likes beating people and he thinks he can get away with it because he has a badge on and a blue uniform on. This morning, this morning, Officer Tao, these four officers who were involved, all of them woke up this morning. You know where they are? They're in their homes. They're not worried about reprisal. They're not worried about anything happening to them. It's just a tea, a storm in a teacup that will pass over. Meanwhile, on the other side of town, George Floyd's family are raising money to go bury him. On the other side of town, George Floyd's six-year-old daughter will not have a daddy. On the other side of town, George Floyd's brother and sister are planning how they're going to memorialize their brother. And the rest of us who are black are sitting back like, is it me next? Could it be me? Is it me who is going to get a phone call one day or a text message that my brother, my nephew, right? My brother, my nephew, my cousins, my friends have been involved. I am sick and tired of the injustice. I'm tired of the rampant and rabid racism. You think coronavirus is bad. This is what is bad. This is the real racism is the virus that is killing us all. And if you don't see me on Facebook, it's Facebook who is about to uh, disconnect and shut me down. Go over to YouTube. Buy Facebook. Facebook just disconnected that because I'm talking the truth and they don't want to hear it. This is some crazy stuff, y'all. I was wondering how long they were going to continue. They blacked me out. Facebook did it. Because they don't want to hear the truth. This is crazy stuff. This is crazy stuff. So heck with it. Who is it going to be next? And, you know, when you look at it, you have to ask yourself, what do you leave people out for? What are the, how shall I say it? What are the, the outlets for people? What do you do? You march, you protest, and then what? Somebody else in another state gets killed. What else? We've been talking about this for years and years and years. What else happens? Nothing else happens? Okay. Nothing else happens. So it's not like you're not saying anything. I mean, I don't agree with people going and throwing stuff. I don't agree with the protest. I don't agree because it doesn't achieve anything. They've been marching since 1963. Remember Martin Luther King marched on Washington? What has happened since then? So I don't agree with the protest. I don't agree with the destruction of property and people had to hold down their homes and stuff like that. That is not what this is about. This is about an incident where a man's life was taken. And Facebook, if you have a conscience, I hope you black out everybody else who is talking about this. And I hope you black out the people who were marching in Lansing. Did you black them out? The people who were marching in Lansing with swastikas and Confederate flags and noses, you want to take me on? Come on, we can go talk toe-to-toe with this First Amendment foolishness. 
I want to know. No, this is some crazy stuff because I don't know. I have brothers and I have nephews and I have cousins. I don't know when I'm going to get a phone call. <laughs> this is something <laughs> I don't know when it's going to be me for years. I didn't get involved in this stuff. I stayed away from it because I thought, I told myself that it's, it doesn't happen to me. But I can't say that anymore because it's coming closer and closer. And I don't know when it's not going to be me. I don't know when it's not me. They're going to show up at my house and start making fuss and making fracas. I don't know when it's not. And start looking out for people when people speak up. Go away, Facebook. Have some nerve. What about the people who are doing, uh, what about the people who are showing their booties and stuff? That's okay. It's okay for people to solicit children and have sex with them through Facebook and place ads on Facebook that these are young models. It's okay for Facebook to allow that to happen. But people who are talking about truth and justice, you black them out. Did one of you all complain about it? I kid you not, right? And everybody has every right. Everybody, this is a powder keg. This is a powder keg. And if you all don't try to understand and issue a statement to calm people down, this is a powder keg because too much of it has happened. Right now, right now, over 40 million people are without jobs. Just this morning, the jobs report came out 2.1 million people, in addition to the 38 million people last week, have filed for unemployment claims. People are sitting at home and wondering what their next is going to be after the 12th of June, after the 19th of June. That's really what we need to be focused on. If Officer Chauvin had anything to do, he should be sitting back and watching this. I hope he is. Like, dude, seriously, what were you thinking for four minutes? Even if you felt like you had to subdue him. Even if you, and they even lied and said that he, uh, he was attacking the police. And the cameras from the other side of the street showed, nah, he didn't resist arrest. He kind of was just, they took him out of the car. They put him on the side of the street. He sat down and he, it, it makes me wonder what was going through his mind. When the police came to him and told him to get out of the car, it makes you wonder what was going through his mind. Until you get into the place. Where this has happened to you, you don't know what it is like to walk around in my skin. I, you don't know what it's like to walk around and be fearful that blue lights will show up behind you. And that when they show up behind you, your life could be over. And that you could be hauled away and gone to jail. When they tell you that they want to search your car and next thing you know, all of a sudden, oops, they found weed or they found stuff in your car that you know you never had. And now your family has to spend resources to get you out of jail. You end up spending time for weed possession. And now weed is legal. You've got to put this into context. I am not saying the police were wrong in going to investigate. That's what you are supposed to do. Go investigate real crime. Go find crime. Somebody forging a signature, is that crime? Even if they called you, say, yeah, okay, dude, we're, we're, we're going to write your citation, keep it moving, go home, sit down, maintain social distancing, and you weren't wearing a mask. And you got to ask yourself, too, the officers, they weren't afraid of getting corona? They weren't wearing a mask. I watched that video, as disturbing as it was, and I cringed. I'm like, you touch somebody in the midst of corona, and you are not wearing gloves or a mask? 
Like seriously. I kid you not. This 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 is a very uncomfortable situation. This is uncomfortable on every level. And for the first time, for the first time for me, I feel uncomfortable. I feel as if I don't really like how this looks. Because the more people realize this, because part of the, the bigger picture is that people are looking at it and saying, I have had negative experiences like this. My brother has had negative experiences. My boyfriend, my my ex-boyfriend, my cousin, my cousin's cousin's cousin has had this negative experience. I can't breathe is the rallying cry for people who have felt injustice and felt racism and on top of that have felt violence. And we have to find a way to stop it. Much like yesterday, the New York Human Rights Commission sanctioned the woman in Central Park, in the Central Park issue. They sanctioned her. Why? Because in the words of the commissioner of the New York Human Rights Commission, in the words of the commissioner, this has got to stop. And it's a painful, violent history and precedent of people calling the police on black people. This has got to stop. Now, if there is a robbery in progress and they showed up, well, it was a robbery. You didn't hear me defend the young man in Ferguson because he was committing a crime. I'm not sanctioning criminals. I am saying that this man did not pose a threat to public safety. And it is very difficult for me to look at that video after you had your, you suppressed him for four minutes on his neck and cut off his oxygen supply to believe that you were actually uh, containing a situation, not for four minutes, not with your knee. He wasn't resisting. He wasn't flailing around. He just kept saying, where's my mama? And his mama is dead. That silence that you just realized happened is because George Floyd is no longer breathing. That silence is because Tamir Rice is no longer breathing. Trayvon Martin is no longer breathing. Ahmad Aubrey is no longer breathing. That silence is effectively, I can't breathe. Ladies and gentlemen, this has to stop. I don't know who is going to legislate it. I don't know who is going to provide protections to people, but this cannot be. You have stirred up the pot because now people are going to be wary and on their guard. You don't know what it's like to be driving down the street. The assumption when the police walk into a situation is that black people are there, they're wrong. It creates a perception. That's why the woman in Central Park felt that she could get away with it. Imagine that. She felt that the police were her own protection agency and that if they showed up, even though she was wrong, even though she lied that the black man was threatening her, she said she was going to call the police and say that an African-American man is threatening me. She still did it anyway. Are you serious? Are you serious? We got to stop this. What's going to happen next? What, what next? We were all taken aback and sort of, we're, I think we're still slightly in shock 
when they marched into the capital with nooses. Hello, somebody. The capital of Lansing, Michigan. They marched in with nooses and Confederate flags. It's not okay. I don't care what political party you are affiliated with. It's not okay. And since we all have to live here, we've got to come together. And you can't continue to exhibit violence and issue violence on one set of people and leave another set of people. We're all watching the examples. And it's not fair. And because it's not fair, people are going to be wary. And this I am no I am no seriously. I'm so glad I don't have sons. I don't have sons. I am so glad I don't have sons because I don't know if I would let my son out the door this morning. I don't know if I would let him out. I would probably tell my son to dress like a girl, y'all, just to avoid being pulled over or being picked on because of the color of his skin. I don't know what I would do if I had a son. I would cry all day. I would probably be driving behind him everywhere he went. He would probably get upset because I would constantly be reminding him, don't do this. You know, when my daughters are leaving, I have two daughters, they drive. When they're leaving home, I'm not behind them. I don't drive behind them. I don't worry about them being, I don't worry about any of that. I'm just like, you're covered. See you later. Have fun. Talk to you later. But the same is not true if I had a son. If I had a son and he was going to school, I would be worried. If they were just driving around with his friends as teenagers do, I would be worried. I'm so glad I'm saved that worry. But George Floyd's family, we're not safe from that. Ahmad Aubrey's family were not safe from that. Trayvon's mom and dad were not safe from that. Have to deal with the loss of a child. The grief associated with losing a loved one. Especially when the whole world sees it. Especially when it's captured on video. How can you explain that? That, in, that just keeps rolling over and over in your mind. I don't condone protests. Don't go out there and protest. That's not going to work. you got to pay attention to the issues that matter. And the issues that matter is that we have a racist system that is continuing to make life difficult for all of us. That's what matters. And that, my friends, is what we have to pay attention to. It's not, it's not the protest. That's not going to solve the problem. Going out there and protesting, you're doing it in your own neighborhoods. You're cheering down your neighborhoods. Don't do that. Don't throw, don't throw stuff. No, don't do that. If you're going to protest, social distance, and just stand there in silence. How about that? When you gather together, have someone speak, and just stand there in total silence with your signs. That speaks powerfully. Don't let the silence go away. Don't let George Floyd's death go away. Yes, I changed my profile pictures to George Floyd on social media platforms because we've got to recognize that this too has to stop. It has to stop. We can't just continue to let people just die in the streets like their lives don't matter or don't mean anything. I don't know George Floyd. He's not a member of my family, but he's a member of the black community of which I'm a member. It seems to me that there is something very wrong when we don't recognize the value of human life. We go all over the world. 
defending other people's rights to live, defending other people's rights that they can have running water, they can have a free society to live in. But here, in our own country, we can't get that. What's with that? What gives about that? We have a governor right now in Michigan whom they're threatening. Why? Because she decided to enforce the law? Because she said, this is what is right, and you're going to put nooses and show up at our house to intimidate and threaten her children? We're out of control. We're totally out of control. Why can't the governor do her job? Why can't she be free to do what she's supposed to do? That's what is supposed to happen. Why are you going to intimidate her? Because you disagree with her. So this age-old disagreement that has been continuing for over two, 300 years, 400 years, C-19, earlier than that, in my estimation. And we're still fighting based on the color of my skin. The color of my skin. The color of my skin is the problem. The color of my skin. Why are we so focused on the outward things and not looking at the content of someone? How would you feel if I were to show up and I don't recognize and respect you and respect your contribution to the society? I can't breathe. That was an execution of George Floyd, pure and simple. And the police officer is being fired, so what? They're fired and then they're going to be rehired. Officer Chow, he was rehired. He had a violent uh, situ- incident, and he's still on the force. What kind of messaging are you sending to the community that we should fear for our lives? So you rule by intimidation. I say this all the time. If you ever want to know successful policing in policing communities of color, come to Detroit. Reach out to the Detroit police chief. He's on Twitter. Find the Detroit Police Department. Ask them what do they do. There are white police officers in Detroit. But come over here and ask the residents of Detroit how they feel about the police department. Last fall, a police officer was killed in Detroit. You would have thought he was everybody's brother, everybody's uncle, everybody's cousin. There was such outrage at the criminal who, 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 made that, who killed that police officer. You never believe. People lined the streets to go to the funeral. You would never believe. You want to know how to successfully police? Come and ask the Detroit Police Department how that is done. They have, we have issues here. We're in international borders today. Do we have issues? Do we have issues? But you don't see the kind of violence that is part of policing everywhere else. You don't see it. We've got to stop that. We can't kill members of the community like that. Regardless of you don't, you may not like his color. He's a member of the community. His ancestors date back 300 years. He's a member of the community. You can't just not like people based on their color. People can't be walking and bird watching in public spaces and you're going to call the police on them because you don't like the fact that they told you to correct your behavior. So if I go out, if I go out and you're doing something that is, that is a threat to my safety and I say something to you, you're going to call the cops on me. And you're going to tell them a black woman threatened you. 
make sure you have some money because you will be sued. <laughs> right? We can't, this has got to stop. This has to stop. And for those of you who are listening everywhere else, please just shut it down. Don't protest. Don't go out there and protest. You will get the corona is out there. Don't go out there and protest. Observe the laws in your state, right? Just just do what you've got to do. Sit down. Look at the issues, right? Look at the issues. Look at the issues. Look at the issues in your city. And call. And say, we want a meeting. Open up a dialogue. I've been saying this for years. Open up a dialogue. In, in Detroit, they have what is called neighborhood police officers. I don't know if that exists anywhere else. Well, the neighborhood police officer is someone who knows that community really well. He makes himself known, him or herself known to the people in the community. If they have issues, they go to him. They send him out. He's a friendlier face. Everybody doesn't come out barking with guns, whatever. I'm telling you, effective policing is taking place. Yes, we have high crime in here. In Detroit, the crime is unbelievable. Violence against women and children is unprecedented. But when the police show up, nobody's accusing the police of firing shots at citizens, though. That's the thing. Nobody's accusing the police of just brutalizing other people. Yet, we have violent crime, and criminals are apprehended. I don't know. It sounds to me like they're doing something right. Do you see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is we need to, across the country, we need to have neighborhood police officers who sit down so the citizens can go to the police and say, look, we have a problem. We have crime in this area. We have this kind of crime. We have that kind of crime on this street, this block, this group right here. Talk to the police. And then the police can say, listen, when we are driving around and we see criminals, we're afraid too. We don't know if we're going to walk out. We don't know if we're going to make it out. I get that. Just a few weeks ago, I think it was last week. Funny, isn't it? My children and I were watching uh, uh, some kind of show on TV, and my youngest daughter said this, and I'm done. She said, isn't it kind of courageous, though, that every day they get up and go out, they don't know if they're ever going to come back? And I said, yeah. That's, it really takes a lot of courage because when they pull someone over, you don't know what's going to come out of it. You don't know if on your way walking up the person will start doing something. So it does take a lot of courage. And while we respect and honor that, we want you to respect us too. This has got to be the message. At the same time that we respect you, you've got to respect us. And if you are a police, respond. I know police officers all over the country are like, oh, my God, they did it again. Oh, they just made my job 10 times worse. Yes. We have bigger issues here, right? Uh, somebody's saying four cops can't lift one person that's from open cop car after one cop already lifted suspect from ground. Wow. Uh, pregnant mom dead from COVID-19. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It, it, it is. And this is something that the rest of the community, you have to hear what we have to say. You have to hear it because it's not okay. It's not okay that while I'm living, 
that you're going to call the police because you don't like my color and because I told you, put your dog on a leash. I'm out in public and I see people do crazy things. If I'm somewhere and I see a service dog coming, I'm gone. Because I don't know if you have control over that dog. I'm not going to find out. I am gone. I've seen people do things that make others feel unsafe, but they feel that they have a right. Sometimes I think the mental health is questionable on people. So I kind of just like, oh, I know that. uh, I don't know. Sometimes I I don't say anything because I don't know. I think people are, are crazy and I don't know if they're not carrying a gun. So I tend to not say anything. I kind of just stand there and look. I try to get out of that situation as quickly as possible. I want the tension to de-escalate, but the police need to come to the community and say, look, especially in Minneapolis and in, in parts of Georgia and so on and in Memphis and so on, the police need to come forward and say, look, we know we have issues. We're asking your diligence and patience as we work through them. We refer them to this number and this person. If you have any issues, call this person, call us. We want to hear what you have to say. That's a correct messaging, perhaps, that the police should start brandishing. That's certainly what they do here. I'll tell you one thing. The police chief who is here in Detroit, he's got to be, if he ever runs for office, he's not going to lose. If he runs for public office, he can't lose. Because he's always, not, he's always calling a press conference, and he's always saying, if you have any issues, call here. We're doing this. We're doing that. After a while, you're like, is he the mayor? He's always reaching out to the community. It saves his officers from getting hurt when they go out. Do you see what I'm saying? And it engages the community. Policing is not what it was in the 1800s when they had slave patrols. That's over. Policing now is community. And I think that message is lost. And somehow the police have to recapture that. When I say community, I mean the officers who are on the beat, the detectives who are investigating, the crime scene specialists who show up at scenes of crime, and the members of the people who live in the community. It's community, it's community, it's community and it's engagement. It's not just I show up and I use all the force that I have and then the next day you show up in riot gear and and tanks. You're constantly reinforcing the issue about force and excessive force. That is not going to suppress this. That has only escalated and exacerbated the issue. Do you see what I'm saying? It's community engagement. It's the police coming forward and saying, we got issues, we're working through them, please be patient with us. You know what the people would do? Say, okay, well, what are you going to do about this? We're working on it. We're investigating it. We need your patience. In the meantime, I'm begging you, please don't do anything. Just talk to the people. Stop treating the people and immediately assuming that every person you see is a criminal. So you're going to look at me too and assume that I'm a criminal. And my daughter who graduated law school, you're going to assume she's a criminal. And my youngest daughter who is on her way to, to Michigan State, you're going to assume she's a criminal too. So you're going to, I'm an author. I've published books. I've set up foundations to help people with human trafficking. So you're going to look at me and assume that I'm a criminal. Is that it? That's what it comes down to? You're going to judge me based on the color of my skin? No, you're not. I'm going to hold you accountable to that. No, because it's not fair. (laughs) It's the craziest thing ever. No, 
you 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 show up. Okay, so you've got a call about forgery. Okay, isn't that what you do? You you investigate. Keep investigating, but sadly, and the more information comes out, is the more the people are going to feel that they are powerless. Don't you see that? The goal is not to make the people feel powerless. You can't make the people you're policing feel powerless. That's not how you do it. (laughs) You don't do it like that. You engage them. You could have done that 50 years ago. Maybe that was effective 60 years ago. It's not effective today. It doesn't work today. Engage with the people. Maybe in five to 10 years, it will be a different crew, a different ideology. But right now, engage the people. Talk to the people. De-escalate the tension. The first thing the police need to do is to come out and say, hey, I'm here. We're going to take care of this. Just put your hands out like this. The people immediately start saying, okay, he didn't come with his hand on his weapon. He came to say peace. And tell the, tell the people. I have issues too. I have sons too. They act out. I have brothers too. They act like fools. Just talk to the people like they're human. You know, here in Michigan, we have some people called the, 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 the Michigan State Police, right? Sometimes I observe them. When they, they have the same attitude. They come... Uh, yeah, I have family members like that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just go on. Don't worry about it. Talk to the people and engage the people. What's wrong with that? Maybe you all need to come over here to Michigan to see how we do things. I know we're in the Midwest and we're the Ross Bells and people think we're so kooky and country and regional. But it, it, it looks like we're doing some stuff right over here. Yeah? We handled that pandemic thing right. Shout out to the governor. We handled that. Come over here and talk to how these boys do stuff over here. We had an issue in Washtenaw County, Michigan, where a cop was caught on video beating a woman. That is so far outside the norm that people are like, what happened here? I guarantee you there's going to be an investigation into that. We've got to do better. Engage with the community for the love of God. Find people in the community. Every community has a block leader. Go find out who that is and talk to them. Ask them what's up around here. Who does what, who doesn't. Talk to the people. Say, hey, man, how is it going? I feel you. When you see them, say, hey, man, how is it going? Talk to me. Let me know what's on your mind. Talk to me. I want to know. I have kids who go to school, too. Oh, you you worried about your son? I'm worried about mine. You worried about your daughter? Please, let me write you a story about what mine said to me this morning. Talk to the people. You're human. Instead of walking around like you're Lord God and conqueror with, and you have a gun that you can just spray bullets on people, don't do that. Intimidation is not required like that. That's not the thing. We have to change. Do you realize that? It's like we've all adopted a system that has never worked and that doesn't work. We've become so totalitarian. It's my way or the highway. That's not how this is set up. You realize that the people who marched in Lansing felt that they had a right. You know they had a right, right? They had a right to march and they executed it. They could have stayed in their cars. They had every right to do it. So what I'm saying is the way this society is set up, it's not set up along totalitarian an authoritarian line where people have to report to the police 
or report to some kind of authority about their day-to-day movement. That's not how this works. So coming with an authoritarian, totalitarian rule kind of is not going over real well. It's the same thing when you're doing it on the community level. You can't just walk in like that. You have to say, hey, how is it going? What's up? De-escalate. Hey, man, what's up? Tell me what's up. Talk to me. You'd be surprised what happens when you approach like that. Treat him like he's human. Maintain eye contact. Don't treat him like I, he's scum of the earth and you're beneath me and you're nothing and nobody. No. Hey, man, what's up? Talk to me. Tell me what's up. Just tell me what happened. I can help you. Just tell me what happened. They, they call me. I can help you. Don't listen to that. Talk to me. I can help you. It would change. You know who I observe this from? The Detroit police. <laughs> That's what they do. They engage. They talk to people. So before you know it, they have people calling from left, right, and center, telling them everything that is going on. And the sergeant is just sitting there laughing his head off. Because the people just say, hey, yeah, well, you know, I was down the street and I saw Popo and Shono and them, blah, blah, blah. And the cops are just like, okay, got you, man. Call me next time. Simple. Talk to the people. Community engagement is what this is about. And we've got to start talking to the people like right now. Talk to the people. Tell them this is not how this is supposed to happen. Forget about what your ancestors did. They did it wrong. It's clear. So you trying to emulate what your ancestors did 200, 300, 400 years ago and think it can work this time, it ain't working. It's a different time. It's just not set up that way. So now you have to find new tools, and one of them is community engagement. I got to get out of here. This, this, I'm going to say a prayer for all of us because I recognize that we're all in this boat together and we're all severely traumatized and wonder when it could be us. There are people who have sons and nephews and you have relatives all over the place for whom you don't know what's going to happen next. There are people who have Right now, we're all so worried about, could it be my son next? Could it be my father? Could it be my brother? Could it be my husband, my boyfriend? Could it be my uncle? We're all traumatized in words. I'm going to say a prayer before this is done for all of us to feel some level of peace and security that when we leave our homes, we're going to come back the way we did. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak peace into this situation. I speak peace into Memphis. I speak peace into Minneapolis, into Houston. Lord God Almighty, I speak peace to all of us, not just those of us who are colored, but to all of us, Jesus. I pray that my white brothers and sisters will wake up and realize that 400 years of violence has to stop, and it stops with them. I pray that my black brothers and sisters who have been violated for 400 years, who are crying out and saying enough is enough. I pray peace and security that we never have to worry about where our children, our brothers, our husbands, our boyfriends are. I pray peace for pastors who have to mitigate 
the violence and who have to pray peace, even while worrying about his own security and that of his children. I pray peace on mothers who are wondering, where is my son? Do I send my son to college in the fall? Do I send my son back to school? In the name of Jesus, in the midst of a pandemic, here we are having to worry, not just about a flood in the middle of our state, Michigan, but we have to worry about whether we are safe. In the name of Jesus, I speak peace in the valley. I speak peace from the White House to the prison house. I speak peace in every house in America today. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we are one nation under God. We need to understand that and grasp that and believe we're still one nation under God. We must come together for the good of the republic. We must come together for the good of the people in this nation. We must come together. There are other people in other nations relying on us. We must stop this violence. The violence has got to stop. And Father God, you are watching us. And I pray that you will come down and send your angels to cover us, to keep us, protect us in the name of Jesus. And I speak peace to the officers on the Minneapolis Police Department. Stop the fighting. The community has got to come together. Find a way to bring peace to the community, reach out to the community. I don't know if you're going to do a food drive. I don't know if you're going to hand out coffee and donuts, but find a way to talk to the people and mitigate the tension. This is Harriet Kemmerich with Down to Earth. Thank you so much for joining me. And to Facebook, I hope you censor everybody else. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Thanks, everybody. Happy Thursday.